Binge Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And this week, we're discussing some non-fiction books which explore the topic of love in all its various forms. Yes, they cover friendships, breakups, relationships, parenthood, dating and so much more. It's a lovely little niche we've discovered that we love in books and today's are written by some really fantastic authors. Where to start? We have so many great books to discuss within this little niche genre we've created. Love how you're saying that we created this genre. I'm taking I that. feel like <laughs> we did. Love in nonfiction. Love. I don't think that's in a bookshop. That is a great name for a book, though. I think we should start with one that's one of our all-time favourite books, Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Oh, I like your style. I think that's a great idea. This is always a top reco from us. Like, we will tell everyone to read yeah, this book. Hands so, down. hit us with the synop, Lauren. <laughs> synop, love it. Okay, so everything I know about love is Dolly Alderton's memoir, which she wrote when she was 28 years old, and she recounts falling in love, wrestling with self-sabotage, finding a job, throwing a socially distanced, disastrous, <laughs> sorry... Rod Stewart themed house party. You have been fully got by the pandemic. <laughs> this is a bit like when I was reading books and I, any time that they said unprecedented, I'd be like, what? Oh, again. <laughs> so socially that was disastrous. A, a socially disastrous Rod Stewart themed <laughs> house party. Getting drunk, getting dumped, realising that Ivan from the corner shop is the only man who she's ever been able to rely on we've all been there and finding that your mates are always there at the end of every messy night out so it's a book about bad dates good friends and above all else recognizing that you and you alone are enough isn't that beautiful and it's so relatable for millennials Mm. i was fully transported back to my night spent on msn nudging people and appearing (laughs) offline and then appearing (laughs) online so that certain people would be like oh she's online i should talk to her and i wouldn't have to talk first yeah um but even more so it's particularly um relatable for me and lauren because we grew up in the same place as dolly oh yeah and so we've been to the pizza express that she talked about um, didn't appreciate her slagging off our um, neighbourhood as much as she does in the book, but I can I can um, feel her pain though. Yeah, I don't know. I had a really great childhood and teenage years spent in that area, but whatever, we move. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And she mentions about how when you go on holiday with family, and do you remember when? you'd want to use the hotel's computer just so you can get on MSN. What a time that was to be alive. What a time. You and were MySpace, in, actually. And MySpace. Oh, yeah. Changing your profile every day. Who's in your heroes? Who are your top friends? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what has the world come to? Oh, it's fantastic. Apart from all these little um, reminders <laughs> of our chaotic teenagers, it's just so lovely like there are two chapters back to back um and in one of them i full-on sobbed it's so sad i won't say which one it is 
And then the next chapter, I remember laughing yeah. out loud. And I'm just so in awe any time that happens in a book. Yeah, it's yeah, it takes a very unique type of writing style to be able to do that. I also really like how you can tell from her writing style that she's a very big Nora Ephron fan, or at least her writing's very influenced by Nora Ephron's style. Um, because similarly to Ephron's memoirs, she peppers a few recipes in to help with heartache. So my favourite of hers is So You've Been Kicked Out of the Club Sandwich, which I think is just so... Well, it's just so relatable for the type of person that Dolly is and the period of her life that she was going through. Um, But she's got her own unique style too with little bits of humour which break up the narrative. So one of the funny parts for me was where the text, where she steals her friend India's phone to send text messages to randomers that (laughs) India hasn't spoken to in years possibly um shall we go through a couple of them oh my god okay do you know what page it is yeah it's on page i think they start on 211 okay okay so let's read a text from sean an acquaintance from university i'll be india you be sean yeah okay okay hi i get the impression that you have the nose for an entrepreneurial venture am i right who is this India Masters, BA Ons. How can I help? I've identified a gap in the market, and it's a fairly big gap to sell mini fridges in a variety of colours. I've got a business plan. All I need is a silent partner. Could that man be you? And then the next text is a text to Zach, a university friend. Can I ask you a favour? Sure, babe. Can I borrow a pair of your trousers for a work meeting next week? (laughs) Yeah, what sort of trousers and why? I've decided Zach's a bit of a dick, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Just noticed you wear nice ones and can't be bothered to buy new ones. And it's a really important meeting with a client. Mine will be too long. I don't think they will be. You are V-weird. Indy, how tall are you? I'm five foot two. I'm five foot eleven. I can roll them up. Don't worry about any of that. Just meet me with the trousers. Okay, finally, let's do one that is a text of Paul, a man India once snogged. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks! Exclamation mark, we love to see it. How are you? (laughs) Great to hear from you. I have a request. I'm in the middle of starting a dance troupe, mainly traditional Irish dancing, but don't let that put you off. There will be mostly... There will most certainly be a modern twist. Anyway, it can make you a lot of money come wedding season, and I wondered... If you fancied a piece of the pie, it wouldn't take you long to learn the routines. And frankly, we need someone tall at the back. Let me know what you think. Hi. Wow. Thanks so much for thinking of me. As fun as that does sound, unfortunately, my calendar for this is looking pretty busy. And I don't think I'll be able to really commit to this. Really sorry about that. Be sure to take pictures. Take care and hopefully see you soon. X. But do you want a piece of the pie, though? No response. <laughs> I decided Paul was a bit. He was a bit poxy. of an eco beaver. I loved it. Don't know that came across. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is just a flavour that you get of the lol jokes within this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> there are many to be had. 
I the, loved the whole it. book actually. It's not just that chapter, like the whole book. There's I always know, this little exactly. hilarity snippets. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great term. And there um, are plenty of moments to laugh and cry. And, and although it might appear that Dolly is a little bit boy obsessed to begin with in the book, towards the end, she says something like, nearly everything I know about love I've learned from the long-term friendships I've had with women, which I guess is the overarching theme or the key takeaway from the book, isn't it? Yes. And that's why I think it would make a really good gift for a friend. Mm. Because that, like, this book is like a gift to her friends almost, isn't it? So I think that's lovely. Yeah. Um, Dolly is interviewed in another book I'd like to discuss, which is Conversations on Love by Natasha Lunn, which comes out on the 15th of July in the UK. Um, she has an email newsletter where she'll interview um, other writers and um, people like that on the topic of love. And now she's made a book of it and it is super gorgeous. So Dolly's um, section is on vulnerability. Porna Bell talks about the love of siblings. Oh. Aisha Malik discusses faith. Like it's it's not just a book about love and relationship. It's in all its forms. And therefore, it's just so thought-provoking, attainable, and frigging quotable. (laughs) I feel like every other page I have tabbed. um, And I've tried to narrow it down because I'd really love to share just a few quotes. Oh, yeah, do. Because it's... Oh, it's so lovely. Okay. Um, My first quote is by oh yeah let me just say and it's i'm speaking to you from king's cross station and everybody here has got their unique story but what we share is that every single person in the station all of us wants to love and be loved and when you understand that you empathize with people you understand that we're all part of something bigger oh i love that that. it's a bit like love actually you know that's exactly what i was thinking (laughs) and what a film what a film um this next one i like I've never really thought about it until I read this little section and this is um Candice Carty Williams is interviewed on friendship um and she says there's also not the suggestion or societal pressure that you will move in or commit in a specific way you do commit to each other but on your own terms not someone else's not with labels or official markers it's not like if you haven't gone on holiday together then your friendship isn't going to last whereas in a relationship people around us especially family sometimes friends ask about certain milestones when are you guys going to move in or have you said i love you yet those expectations can make romantic love more difficult in my experience oh my god how so true. true like you can just be friends with someone you don't have to perform certain tasks to show the world that you're friends or just be totally, friends totally totally you don't even have to show the world exactly <laughs> like, but if you're in a relationship there are so many more you, pressures put on it yeah you like always have to do certain things for people to consider your relationship a good one yeah i definitely think natasha lunn should sell some of those quotes as prints They'd work oh, really well, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, God. All right, I'll do one final one. Okay, so this is Alan de Botton's section, which is on the psychology of being alone. And we talked about fear in the last episode um, in Big Magic. And I really like this quote. It says, We tend to be afraid of the wrong things and overlook the real things we should be afraid of. We're afraid of ghosts, but we're not afraid of how short our lives are or that we've neglected our true talents. Wow. Right? 
Like, why am I scared of ET when I should be scared of, like, not living my life to the fullest? I mean, if that's not a print... <laughs> I mean, ET is terrifying. We should actually stop talking about how I won't sleep tonight. Thank you. I can't believe I didn't actually think to mention Essays in Love, which is also by Elaine de Botton in oh, this episode yeah. yeah it perfectly fits the brief about that last year yeah and it was my first book that i'd read by him um and it totally fits the brief of love in non-fiction and it's about one a trip that he once took from paris to london or our narrator has taken and he falls very smitten with the woman sat next to him chloe and by the time that they're you know, collecting their luggage at the carousel back in London, he knows he's fallen hopelessly in love with her. And what follows is an analysis of the course of their relationship through a very philosophical lens and broken down chapter by chapter from from like, you know, the butterflies you get in your belly on first dates through to the infatuation that you start to feel once you're dating someone you're really obsessed with and into and also like the breakdown of a relationship as well it's so engaging and it's so cool to look at a relationship chapter by chapter from the very start through to the like end of timeline Yeah. yeah and so what follows is essays that are in keeping with his very witty and highly astute observations of the human experience and his analysis of the process of falling in love. And it's not the overly emotional, very soppy read you might expect from the title, but it's, I'd say it's an examination of how we act when we're in love. And it outlines many of the psychological and social processes that occur when we fall in love and enter into a new relationship, which is very similar to what you're just saying, what that Candice Carty Williams quote just said, and like the expectations that society then puts on that relationship. And that might sound quite heavy, but it's genuinely fascinating. And I'm sure... um, many people would be able to relate to the observations that he makes. And did you find that, like, reading the different bits, did you feel differently when reading it? Like, when he was talking about the early stages of a relationship, were you feeling buzzy? And then, like, at the end, yeah. were you feeling sad? Like, did it affect you Yeah, kind it? of. Because I guess when you read it, you're it's natural for you to then compare that process to a relationship that you've had in the past. So in a way, it makes you feel like, oh God, like every relationship follows this formula in one way or another. Um, And you can sort of see, it's great to be able to see in his, through his writing, where it's going wrong for this couple, the narrator and Chloe. Sounds, um... Logical and wise, which definitely came across in his section in Conversations on Love. Yeah, I was like, okay, somebody (laughs) knows what they're talking about and has got some wisdom to share. It's just really great. And I read it one chapter a night at the time and it became this really lovely journey that I went on right before I went to sleep each night. It was lovely. Oh, yeah, you could definitely do that with Conversations on Love, like read a different interview each night. Yeah, I love, I love books. books that do that. So 
Conversations on Love, please pre-order. It comes out on 15th of July and I think it will make a really gorgeous gift. And also it's just a really nice one. It's an easy going read because like we said, you don't have to read it all in one go. So definitely one to keep an eye out for, guys. I think I'll be doing that. I love the sound of it. Another one that was we've both read recently comes out in July and is Millennial Love by Olivia Petter. And let me just start by saying that whilst reading this book, I texted Jess to say, I feel seen whilst reading this. <laughs> and I think, so the back of the book says, raise your hand if you've ever, and list a few things. So I feel like if we should go through them and then listeners can see if they too would feel seen. Okay, yeah, good idea. Okay. All right, first up, raise your hand if you've ever obsessively checked to see where your crush was last active on WhatsApp. Oh, yeah, been there. I don't know how you actually check last active on WhatsApp. Um, but I'm, I think some I'm people a, turn it off. I've turned mine off. Like, I don't even know how to do that. But I'm, ve- like, I'm very aware of other people checking when I'm last active in, like, I think I, said, I think it was maybe in the Pandora episode I said like, oh, the pandemic's taught me I don't have to reply to things straight away. So yeah, I'll leave same. them unread so I remember to reply. But I just like to take my time. And now I'm scared that some of my friends who I know are obsessed with searching last active will search when I'm last active and think I'm ignoring them. Well, obviously them. you have though, but been on it. But I don't think that necessarily means that you're obliged to return every text. Right? Well, this kind of links to what she says in the book where she says that red receipts are bad for mental health totally i've turned mine off have you turned yours yeah. off so now no, i no, no just, longer see when anyone else do has read my it's just on your settings i'll teach you next time we're together okay i just don't delve into anywhere else on whatsapp apart from the chats that i need to reply to yeah. um okay next one raise your hand if you've ever been told that you're crazy by a partner or been made to feel like you really might be yes yeah, I think every woman has. And this book has also taught me that if a guy you're dating ever tells you that he has a crazy ex, run for the motherfucking hills. It's yeah. an women aren't crazy, men make them flag. crazy. <laughs> yeah, and she goes into that in quite a bit of detail. Yeah, in- she talks about cool girl. Um, if you've read Gone Girl, you'll know yes. what that means. Um so yeah, I think I'm sure all the hands are up <laughs> and we shouldn't be made to feel that way. Okay, number three. Raise your hand if you've ever cried about the end of a relationship over a big bowl of pasta. Replace that with a tub of Ben and Jerry's and I can get on board. Do you know what I actually thought because I have been crying over bowls of pasta recently um, is because I keep... Point? Because I keep dropping them in the fucking sink, Lauren, as you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. earlier in the year, I was cooking pasta and I was when I was draining the water, my pot's got a lid, like a little flappy bit in the lid. So it's not like I have to use a colander. You can just pour it out with the lid on. I dropped the lid, poured all the pasta into the sink and scolded my hand in doing so. Oh, man. So told Lauren, or maybe I put it on my personal Instagram because both Lauren and her mum replied to me going... <laughs> Jess, Mercury's in retrograde at the moment. Expect more of this. I was like, what does this even mean? What is retrograde? Lauren was like, oh, these things are going to happen to you all month long. And then I dropped my pasta in the sink again, literally last week, sent Lauren a picture like, I've motherfucking done it again. And Lauren was like, Mercury's back in retrograde. And it is until this coming Tuesday. 
Dear God. So basically, anytime Mercury's in retrograde, I'm still not 100% sure on what that means. But I, expect your pasta to fall down the sink. Yeah, I just shouldn't cook pasta or I'll cry over it. <laughs> <laughs> so I took that one a little differently. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever been ghosted by someone who didn't deserve your attention in the first place. I think every single girl's hand will be going up right now. And I think anyone that ghosts you obviously didn't deserve your attention in the first place. Totally. What a waste of space they what are. What a waste of space. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever found yourself on the LinkedIn profile of your ex's new partner after hours of social media stalking. Okay, I haven't done this, but I do have a friend. And I know it sounds like asking for a friend, but I do have a friend. <laughs> <laughs> was stalking who was she stalking she was stalking her ex's girlfriend on linkedin and was like showing me her linkedin profile or something and i was like i'm not gonna say a name but you do know like linkedin tells you who's looked at your profile and i honestly her jaw nearly dropped to the floor she was like what why does nobody tell you this and I was like it's a common thing everybody everybody knows that she was like I didn't know that so she learned the hard way on that one that is it's not a platform to stalk on absolutely not because even if you're on like that you can have a setting where if you choose for someone else to if you don't want people to know your name, then it means that you can't see the names of other people that search you. Oh, really? But it still shows where you work. Yes. So it's not that good at all. No. And, I, and to be honest, I'm not really a stalker, a social media stalker in any sense. Like if ever I go on a date with someone or I am dating someone, I never stalk past the point that I get to know that person because I just think like it's a bit invasive and you don't know who that person was before they met you like I feel really uncomfortable about it and I feel uncomfortable that I could go on a date with someone who's stalked me obsessively on either Facebook or um, Instagram and seen like really cringy pics of me at uni and I'm not that person anymore so I don't know I never do it because I also hate comparing myself to other people so if I can avoid comparing myself to somebody else's ex-girlfriend I'm gonna do that yeah conversations on love has a bit about actually like you know some people are like you've changed in your relationship and the point is to change in every relationship you're supposed to relationships are about compromising and learning other people's Oh my habits. God, totally. and, and you're allowed to change to be a better partner for them the same way that they can change to be a better partner for you like you can become a vegetarian if you date a vegetarian because maybe you you you're intrigued by their lifestyle and you want to do that with them like it's not always a bad thing so I think yeah what you're saying about stalking people before you know them is so great they could be so, they could have been yeah. an absolute tosser and actually they've learned from so many mistakes that now they're a really great human being so, exactly so Basically, my experience of reading this book was I just want to give it to everyone who's ever asked me why I'm single because this perfectly summarises just how complex and, let's be honest, a little bit fucked up the dating world has become today. And one of the bits that really stood out to me 
um, when was when she was talking about the term fuckboys. Um, so for anyone who needs a bit of a fuckboy 101, here's a bit of a description from Olivia on what a fuckboy is. So this part of the book is called How to Be the Perfect Fuckboy Now. Tell people you're really bad on your phone and you need to sort your life out. Never actually sort your life out or stop being bad on your phone. Poke people on Facebook, but don't message them. (laughs) Pontificate about the futility of labelling a relationship. Reply, hello, whenever someone tries to make plans with you. Don't talk about your family or ask about anyone else's. Use the phrase, we're hanging out, to describe every relationship you've ever had. Spend two weeks telling someone they are the most amazing person you've ever met, then block them and move to Mexico. Have messy hair or have no hair at all. And, I mean... It is one or the other with the hair. (laughs) It really is, yeah. Have you either got a bun or no hair at all? Um... And that is what a fuckboy is in a nutshell, really. Um, So obviously it's very funny, but jokes aside, um, she goes into discussing the dangers of normalising terms like fuckboy. And because when you name something and you give it, you're giving it credibility and you're normalising it and almost validating that this type of behaviour is okay. And, you know, anyone who's ever been messed around by a fuckboy can tell you it's not okay and it's actually a really horrid experience to go through and makes you feel really shit to be honest but by giving something like that a term a name you're you're telling everyone oh this is just normal yeah people are going to treat you like this and it's okay yeah that's kind of like the whole book is like that she touches on like she makes it light-hearted mm. and fun and then she's like, but actually, and gets all serious. So there's a whole chapter on Love Island, which I very much enjoyed. I have, I was, I've only watched the last, <clears throat> sorry, the last two Love Islands that there have been. It's not like I've been in it from the start, but mm. boy, did I get into them. <laughs> and when they announced that they were doing their winter one in South Africa, I was, I was pretty anti it because I was like, I just don't know if there is space in the market Same. for this guy did and pretty little thing to do this many deals a year with influencers like i think if there's another i love island the brands are all going to run out of money but thank god we had one because then the pandemic hit and we wouldn't have had a love island last year so i I got one round also shanice and luke were amazing but (laughs) um so there's like a whole chapter on that but then she kind of talks about all the problems with love island as well and pulls out different scenarios of when there was like loads of Ofcom complaints about coercion and things. So it's like a perfectly balanced book. Um, Another funny bit, which I've tabbed was um, some of her favorite bios from dating apps. So there are, um, her favorites are 10 points. If you can guess my name, you know, who else likes food and travel? Everyone. Everyone. I would swipe for that guy. <laughs> um, this one, once apologised to an automatic door. Been there. Which reminded me of my sister Daisy, who's so polite. She once said thank you to the shower when she got out. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine her doing So that. maybe she should be set up with this automatic door. Yes, person. she should. Um, she also pulled out some of the worst ones, which actually make me gag. Saving lives and shagging nines. Jesus Christ. I'm really picky, so don't get offended. 
That would make me automatically swipe left on him. Is that left? Is that no? Yeah. I just don't know. That's my niece in the photo. That's actually a good, a helpful indicator. <laughs> but then, like, don't upload the photo. Yeah, that's so photo. true. It's probably because they're flexing a bicep yeah. whilst holding said niece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, this, so, as Lauren said, this comes out um, in July in the UK as well. And clearly, we had a lot of fun, but also loads of eye-opening moments in it. Mm. Like She took, tackled some really serious stuff like contraception and the Me Too movement and yeah. racism on dating apps. Like It's a pretty well-rounded book, I'd say. Very. And whether you're single or in a relationship, I think there's something in here that everyone will be able to resonate with. Yeah, definitely. So you can't discuss the topic of love without in some way, shape or form also discussing the topic of heartbreak. And... One book that we both really enjoyed was The Breakup Monologues by Rosie Wilby, which explores some of the psychologies of romantic relationships with a generous side helping of humour, nostalgia and wit. And she looks into not only why we start relationships or why or how they start, but why they end and most importantly, what we learn in the process. Yeah, so like, actually, I don't know if we said it, but Millennial Love um, is a podcast yes. by Olivia Petters. And The Breakup Monologues is also a podcast. So these are both books that have come out of podcasts. Um, and in her podcast, she interviews a guest each episode on a breakup. So although that might sound quite bleak, we can confirm they're also really fun and super interesting. So in this book, Rosie has reflected on each of these conversations that she's had to analyse the psychologies of romantic relationships. And I thought it was so interesting on page uh, 71 where she describes the chemicals in the body during a relationship Ooh, and a breakup. Yes. Like, and I, we probably loved it because of reading Moody prior. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. We love Moody. Um, so when you're in love, you have a lot of dopamine, serotonin and oxytocin, which are a concoction of chemicals which create more love and lust. However, a psychiatrist who specialises in working with drug addicts has recently discovered that the beta endorphin is involved in heartbreak, meaning your body has a similar reaction to heartbreak as it does to an addict having withdrawal symptoms. That bit just absolutely blew my mind. But I can see why, because when you're in a relationship with someone like you are addicted to them, you know, spending time with them and how they make you feel. So, of course, it's, it's withdrawal when you break up. Totally. And for me, this book was such a validating uh, experience to read because you're like, oh, I'm not going crazy. Like there is genuinely stuff (laughs) happening inside my brain to cause these reactions, whether they are reactions of infatuation or withdrawal and, and feeling like the world has ended because somebody's broken up with you. Um, so if anyone is going through a breakup or has gone through a, a, a messy breakup and you need someone to validate you whilst you eat Ben and Jerry's on the floor every night, give it a read. <laughs> um, there was also a great chapter where she analysed basically the new language we have around dating to date, which is, let's be honest, very hard to keep up with. Um, so I'm going to test your memory, Jess. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a couple oh of the word, of the new dating terms and you have to tell me what they mean. Okay. Okay, so we're going to start simple. Number one, ghosting. Okay. 
It's when someone stops replying to you and they just vanish off the face of the earth. They vanish, yeah. Yeah. Um, number two, Caspering. Isn't it where they then come back? Because Casper the ghost <laughs> is dead, but then comes back. Is yes, that why? well done. <laughs> they might like... Casper, what a film. <laughs> they might disappear and then get back in touch by sliding into your DMs on Instagram. Yeah. Um, okay. Submarining. Gosh. Well, from knowing what a submarine is, is it someone who's like underground, but then just pipes up with a... <laughs> periscope <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, I don't have the page to hand but I think that's right I think that is when someone leaves your life and then comes back and leaves and comes back that sort of oh, thing oh like bobbing up and down like a submarine does yeah non-consistent okay. breadcrumbing oh okay so this is where they keep I remember this it's like they keep like liking your pictures or just like doing things they like, yeah. leave a tr- uh, little, little trail of breadcrumbs correct okay and finally icing it's also called benching sometimes that might help okay that's good to know because icing my head immediately went to a ruder sexual act <laughs> I actually have no idea what you're referring to. Something to do with a sticky white substance like icing. Got you. I'm with you now. (laughs) But benching. Is it like in sport where you just put someone on the bench for a bit? Well done. Yeah. If you have someone, you keep them on ice or you bench them for a little bit and then you bring them back. Oh, like ice. I was thinking like an ice bun. Okay. That changes everything. So there you go. That is just some of the terminology we all need to get our head around. But again, jokes aside, giving things names like this, I don't know how helpful it is, but actually what she goes into in the chapter around all this new language is how it's dating apps who are creating these terms. And she was sort of saying how, you know, every week she seems to be getting a new press release in her inbox from a dating site or app about you know a new trend that's happening on um dating apps that you need to be aware of now and I think she said she got one the other day about being Elsa'd um like Elsa from Frozen when someone just freezes you or something like that and it's just so ridiculous but um also really interesting to hear her perspectives on why dating apps are coming up with these terms so yeah we got to stop naming shit yeah and normalizing it negative shit yeah um okay oh um i liked the bonus chapters that there were and it's like your go-to breakup songs and films there's like a list of them were there any on there of yours or that you would have Mm. Um, so I think some of the songs were just a little bit too I was a little bit too young for them Um, although they're all great songs but I actually looked back in the archives of my Spotify playlist and found a playlist that I was basically playing on repeat after my first proper heartbreak and I listened back to some of the songs from that for the first time in Years and I was automatically transported back to that period in my life, and where I did genuinely feel like those songs were just holding me together. And so it was just such a 
poignant chapter to also hear again that's a normal experience from a breakup to seek solace through music um and it actually made me think of when my friend was going through a breakup a couple of years ago to cheer her up I booked us onto this like dance class and it was meant to be like a Beyonce dance class and to like make her feel good like dance it out kind of thing and then we got there and the instructor was like okay guys so we're gonna try something a little bit different this week and we're gonna dance to a breakup song and I kid you not she was like I don't think she stopped crying throughout the whole dance class and I kept being like do you want to leave like what what do you want to do and she was like no no I need to stay I need to stay but you know when everyone in the room is like sort of side-eyeing me like is your friend okay and it was I think it's a Kelly Clarkson song called Slow Dance Ah. and to this day um I saw her the other week and I told her about this chapter in the book and I was like, it made me think of Slow Dance by Kelly Clarkson, which is now like go-to breakup song. She was like, I still listen to it every now and then because it just reminds me of that period in my life. And actually, I now feel happy when I listen to that song, which I thought was quite sweet. Oh, that's nice. What about yeah. you? I mean, there were some bangers on there. Like, with or without you, I, I once heard a violin rendition of it. I've actually already spoke about violin renditions. <laughs> it, it's a thing I love. It's up there with um, Quest on Horseback, a violin rendition. And like that song gives me goosebumps. But I've never, even though the words are with or without you, um, I've never really associated it with breakups. But it makes sense. Mm. But equally in a breakup, I would never want to listen to sad songs like no, me make neither. myself feel sadder. but I remember Ariana Grande problem came out when I was going through a breakup and like what a great breakup song I've got so one less problem without you like <laughs> so such a good one great so uplifting little bum wiggle yeah great I breakup song a breakup sh- song should be quite uplifting and empowering so another book we both enjoyed was The Ex-Boyfriend Yard Sale by Hayley McGee. And that also perfectly fits today's brief, doesn't it? Yes, because it's a memoir. Um, and it's about... So what starts off as selling items from ex-boyfriends to get out of date turns into writing a one-woman show and exploring the true worth of those items, taking into account the emotional value in a series of mathematical equations. (laughs) I mean, it sounds bizarre, doesn't it? But, and I don't know if we were ready for just how mathematical it would be. I was ready for working out the value of the item and then maybe writing a really good backstory and then trying to sell them. But actually, the equations are so long and in-depth and take into account like the emotional toil of the item, the quality of sex in the relationships, the length of the relationship, and so much more, like literally pages and pages of it explained with all these symbols at the end. It's really fascinating and you can see just how much work went into this and how much research she had to do too. Yeah, like it was cool that there was that much maths because like we were saying, oh my God, I never would have thought to have taken this into account. Yeah. But like read the whole book and then at the back of it, it's like a, almost a glossary, I guess. And it's like each mathematical symbol and then explained what it is. And like, it's just sort of everything. And in mm. the end, these items are of great value as a result. Um, but the 
I really love books that kind of motivate you to get out of debt. Like, like I think that's what drew me to Sophie Kinsella's Shopaholic series because the first episode, like first episode, first mm-hmm. book, like Becky's struggling because she's been spending so much mm-hmm. um, with her shopping habits and it's like getting out of that situation. Um, so I am really here for books like that. But the most interesting part of this book, I think, was learning about the process of writing a one-woman show. So first she has to, like, get funding. Yeah. And then there's, like, so much research. And she has to meet lots of different people. She has to interview all her frigging exes. Um, and then, like, there's the writing part of it and the yeah. performing and, like, the ticket sales. Like, I actually had butterflies yeah. before the first performance. I thought it was really cool how she recounted those relationships alongside the present day. So it allowed us to make our own attachments to the item as well. Yeah. So all around, not what we thought it would be, but so clever and very layered. Yeah. And really readable as well. I think because it is a a memoir, like it's, it's flits between back and present. We know we love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Last one. I pulled another book off my shelves. Um, I don't know if you've read it, but I know you've watched the TV series Ooh. and it's Modern Love. Oh, yes. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, Modern Love is a column in the New York Times um, and it's a series of true short stories of love, loss and redemption. And the book is an amalgamation of some of them edited by Daniel Jones. But the TV series is on Prime and it's I think it's about eight episodes mm. and they're all just like standalones, totally different cast each time, different story. And it's so fab. We love that show. And I especially loved the episode. Oh, yeah. My doorman is my main man because the concierge at my flat is literally my main man. Um, like he, if I come back from a really hot run, he'll have like fresh orange juice ready for me. I mean, who else's concierge does that? But that aside, the story in that episode is about... Um, we meet our main character and she's going on lots of dates and her doorman like helps to vet her dates almost um but without giving anything away from the title it come becomes clear that her doorman is her main man in all of it yeah. it's just so yeah. sweet anytime you get book mail don't you know and i'm like your doorman is your main man <laughs> he really is he's <laughs> like lots of knowledge in here lauren <laughs> oh there's so many good ones so um oh one that i genuinely think about all the all the time since watching it is the episode with anne hathaway where she plays um someone with bipolar and it's so heartbreaking and so well well told like genuinely think about it all the time that's a really good one Mm, i also really like the one where i think it's dev patel plays an app developer and he talks about the one that got away oh it was just so gorgeous and another standout was the one with the hot priest oh god Um, that's andrew scott if you haven't seen fleabag um and it's about a gay couple who decide to start a family Mm. and the adoption agency introduces them to a very free-spirited pregnant lady yeah. and her and her dog move into their apartment and just completely upend their lives. Oh, yeah, and doesn't Ed Sheeran make a little cameo in that episode too? He is 
always popping up in cameos. He was in an episode of Home and Away once. What? <laughs> He's literally everywhere. He loves it. He loves it. He bloody loves it. It's all the drama, Mick. I just love it. Um, but yeah, the book is more of the same. I think it, I think I've said this about five times now, but I genuinely think this book would make a really good gift as well. To be honest, and all of these books would, yeah. wouldn't they? And like we said earlier, it's a... Um, I've been reading it as like one before bed each night um, because they're totally different stories each time and it's like it's like a little bedtime story <laughs> um, oh my god oh I've so loved this books. I'm just looking at them all here in a pile and they're all just so pretty yeah there were, uh, Millennial Love in particular I think has such a gorgeous cover so yeah I mean if you haven't read if you've read some of these books we'd love to hear your thoughts you can just let us know on our Instagram um, if you haven't Read them. We've now got <laughs> a wealth of options to choose from, depending on what stage you might be at in your own relationship status. Yeah, definitely. You can be in any situation to enjoy these. They're just gorgeous. <laughs> We're giving you a chance to win a June Books That Matter box, which celebrates pride and queer narratives. You can see full details on our Instagram of what's inside. There are two ways to enter, so if, like me, you get your podcasts on Apple, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and make sure you use your Instagram handle as your nickname. And if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast and share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag at the Greco so we can count your entry that way. Entries for the June box are open until the 28th of June, and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on June 30th. Remember, if you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered into this month. But good news, it's a monthly competition, so we'll enter you in to win the current month's box. Thanks so much for listening.